Hello, my friends, and welcome to the Deeper Daily Podcast for the 24th day of January. I'm Paul White, and I'm in Genesis chapter 22. We've walked up the mountain, Mount Moriah, with Isaac and Abraham. Abraham has told his son, God will provide for himself a lamb. We've looked into the lamb imagery a little bit over the last couple of days. Today, I want to lay Isaac down on that altar, tie him to the wood, And the arm of Abraham comes up in the air in this high drama moment from Genesis 22 where Abraham is just about to slaughter his firstborn son. Of course, this has always caused us to interject right here. What if he had killed him? Did God really want him to do this? Does God really expect this of Abraham? But we have to take the whole story for what it's worth. Don't break down the individual components until you lose the core of the story. We tend to do that with a lot of biblical stories particularly with the parables. We like to break things down to the point that they don't even make any sense anymore. We've got everything meaning something instead of what the meaning is behind the story composite. The meaning behind this story composite seems to be God is ultimately going to provide the great sacrifice. He asks of us sacrificial systems, sacrifices, and we see that played out through the Old Testament, But ultimately, God's going to provide for himself a lamb. Jesus is that lamb. Another moment where we see that Jesus is that lamb is found in, and I'm jumping ahead just a little bit, but at the end of verse 12, God says to him, you have not withheld your son, your only son from me. And that only son becomes the phrase that marks Jesus. God so loved the world that he gave his only son begotten son. And so we have Jesus then becoming the Isaac character that is about to be sacrificed. And God, it isn't as if God doesn't accept the sacrifice. He just doesn't accept Isaac. Instead, he will accept Jesus ultimately as the only son. The test that Abraham undergoes here in will you offer up your son That provides us with some more fodder, some things to think about. The Bible tells us in in this story, and let me read this, get a little closer to word for word without without exhausting it. But in 22.9, they come to the place, Abraham built an altar there, put the wood in order, bound Isaac his son, and laid him on the altar upon the wood. Abraham stretched out his hand and took the knife to slay his son, but the angel of the Lord called to him from heaven, Abraham, Abraham. Wherever you build an altar, you're building it because something matters there. This is what we've learned as we've followed Abraham on this journey. Every time he builds an altar, he's had a revelation. In this particular moment, his altar also comes with a sacrifice because what is an altar that doesn't mean anything to you? Not much. So he lays upon that altar the thing that matters to him the most, and that is Isaac. And as I told you a few days ago, I firmly believe he either A, thought God would literally give him a lamb so that he wouldn't have to kill Isaac, or B, bring Isaac back from the dead because Abraham has become a believer that God is going to bless the world through his son. And if God wants that, God didn't want that son to be Ishmael. And Isaac wasn't, or Abraham wasn't real happy about that. So if God really wants it to be Isaac, then God's going to have to provide a miracle right here. And, of course, we know that God does. Focus in on that idea of building an altar and then laying down something that matters. Wherever you, 
whatever you build in life in, that marks your revelation, that marks your journey, I'll guarantee you one of the reasons why it marks your journey is that something in you changed right there. In effect, something within you died. Every great spiritual milestone of my own life where I've had a revelation that transformed my thought process or transformed my ministry, transformed my way of life, every single one of those, a piece of who I was died. It's why my wife and I were talking about this the other day. We said, you know, we've been married 26 and a half years. We've basically grown up together in life and in marriage. And I look back at the first five, six years of marriage, and we were young, 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 in our early 20s, mid-20s. And I think about all the friends we had and the, um, the things that we did. And, and I, I, we, we made the comment, if you could travel in time and go back to your younger self and spend a day or two as your younger self, but knowing what you know now, of course we go, well, I'd make different decisions. But one of the things I, that I don't think about a lot is how many relationships how many things I was doing daily as part of my routine, um, how many of those things would totally disinterest me now? Like I would go back and there'd be someone in my life who I was speaking to every day. We were chummy. We were great buds. And the me now would be thinking, why are you wasting time with this person? You're, never, you're not going to see him again. And, and they're not as important to you as you think. <laughs> we don't know that when we're going through it. But my point is this. Every transition that I've went through in my life, I've lost a piece of me that someone else found worth talking to or someone else found attractive or someone else found intriguing or funny or relevant. And then I have my own journey and that journey changes me. And then you'll see, this is why you'll see someone from your past 20 years later, 30 years later, and they're bringing up old things and you're disconnected from it. And you're doing the same to them and they're disconnected. And you really, you pass, you say hi, you laugh about a couple things, then you're gone. You're like, I don't have anything in common with them anymore. The truth is, is you had a lot in common with them at one point, but you changed. What really happened is that you both changed, you grew up, but in a spiritual sense, you had a transition where the person they knew died. Now, we, we get that when we say something like, oh, I was lost then, then I got saved. They don't even know me now. True. But just that doesn't just happen once. That happens over and over again. You have renewals and unveilings of Christ and unveilings of spiritual wisdom that transform you. What really happens? You have milestone moments. You build an altar there. You... Dedicate a moment of your life story to that transition point. That point in your life would be a brand new chapter in your life's biography. And I promise you that if it's worthy enough to be a chapter, something died. Some part of you, not necessarily a bad part of you, but some part of you doesn't get to move forward into the next chapter. And that's okay. The sooner we can embrace that, the sooner we can realize that that's what altars are supposed to be. Milestone moments of change and transition. And we don't have to then be embarrassed about where we were or bemoan where we were. 
We just don't stay there. And we can look back on that and say, that marked a moment in my life of where I was. I'm not there anymore. Here's why. And then we move forward. When Abraham lays Isaac down on an altar, he lays down the piece that matters the most and things will never be the same again. Over the next couple of days, I want to show you the New Testament idea about why things will never be the same again from the lips of James and the lips of Paul, who both deal with this Mount Moriah moment. And we'll look at each of them in time and in turn beginning tomorrow. Have a great day. God bless.